Welcome to episode two of the Casual Shooters podcast. So today we did a thing. That thing was day one of nationals. Started off with a bang. Yeah. (laughs) Or a lack of a bang. Or a lack of a bang, something. We show up at the wrong stage, which everybody else was shooting and we were doing nothing. Should have been the sign of all signs. Here's your sign. Yep. So, we were in squad 106. The matchbook said we're going to start on stage, I believe it was seven. Um... We get there, and the ROs are like, well, we don't have anybody here this morning. So come to find out, they moved us down to another stage all together. So that's how our day began. Then we got down there. They had already started the range brief. So we joined them on that. Started prepping to shoot. Then Huggy and I ran into some issues. Yeah, we did. Well, ammunition being pulled out of the brass and sticking in the chamber. So. And remaining in the barrel. Remaining in the barrel. So. So kind of yeah. like a squib without the actual primer going off. Yeah, I mean that was actually uh, quite interesting. Uh, there's a uh, you know the theory of life uh, might be too long, which we don't have uh, calipers to measure right now to see the length of them. But I know when I loaded them, I loaded them to. Uh, 125 length uh, plus or minus one so it could be 126 or 124 um, so we need to look at that <clears throat> also uh, is the fact that uh, I also live loaded the ammunition that Leo was using and but he's using blue bullets which I loaded before and he wasn't really having any issues with that. And we were using uh, Eggleston bullets, mm-hmm. which is you know, completely different. So, I don't know if it's the coating because of the temperature and the humidity and everything down here in Florida versus the, the coating that's on the blue bullet. So, uh, we're going to have to be Test, looking to that, test that, figure out if that's the case. Could it be the length? Could it be uh, temperatures down here? Um, don't know. Uh, so we're going to figure that out. And once we do, we're going to fix that problem. Never have that again. Uh, on top of that, we end up spending extra money to get uh, factory brass to actually finish out our our uh, stages for the day so yeah was, we had uh, to... I was pretty anno- I was have to say I was pretty annoyed at first I was very very annoyed very upset very uh, very angry of this problem because I was not anticipating this problem I was actually looking forward to having a very good shoot um, being that you know first time at nationals and everything of that nature. so um you know, thanks to you guys, I have to give you credit there that you said, hey, look, it is what it is. You know, now we need to just move forward. And, uh, and we have, so um, I am still moving forward, and we're still having a good shoot. And uh, I'm, you know, just going to look at the positive of it forward. So I think the long and the short of it is that we had some challenges presented to us early in our uh nationals day one we we dealt with them as they came we moved forward and we kept shooting knowing full well that we are definitely not competing 
for any level of of victory beyond survival uh, of nationals day two and day three, getting to the end of it, enjoying ourselves, having some fun, and you know, moving forward. So, I mean, you know, elite level shooters deal with issues just like this. We are not those guys, so we deal with them probably slightly differently. Um, we were a little emotional, to say the least. There was much gnashing and wailing of teeth. There was some keening going on. There was some 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 woeful sighs. Um, I think on more than one occasion, uh, some tough love was thrown in the direction of a few people. Um, <laughs> there was definitely some threats of living in a van down by the river. Uh, <laughs> there was some coaching, but we moved on. And uh, I think let's uh, let's talk about how things went uh, post, you know, ammo uh, ammo malfunction. Well, so and, what do you think, Dave? And and getting there, I mean, to give you an idea, um, Huggy and I both zeroed a stage, literally zeroed a stage. Um, but once we, uh, I, I know it affected me significantly and Huggy, um, but once we were told there was factory ammo available here on site that we could purchase, it did kind of help with the reset button knowing that okay we're having this struggle with the ammo um, but there is an option here and it allows us to put that behind us to where we can move forward so once that happened I thought things got a lot better and, and I would say to, to your to you all's credit because I did not suffer the uh, the catastrophe that was Zombie Bullets 2020. Um, uh, but to y'all's credit and to the credit of the staff, I think we do need to mention that. Uh, as of right now, it, it has only been day one, but they have been nothing if not very helpful, accommodating. Uh, I don't want to say bending over backwards, but they definitely did everything they could to, to help the two of you guys be able to continue to function in this match and not just throw away few hundred dollars and say hey yeah t tough luck guess you're not shooting anymore yeah you know what i mean that is that is true and uh the ro that really stepped up for us uh things uh dan bernard uh he uh he really helped us out uh trying to do what he could uh help us so yeah i have to say the uh he, he definitely definitely went above and beyond so. and his beard game is strong too yeah <laughs> yeah I mean they could have easily just said your ammo is dangerous you can't shoot you yeah know? for sure and and they did not do that and they, they took a, a genuine concern you know wanting to help us come up with a remedy so hats off to all the ROs that were part of that I we were on a stage and one of them actually approached me from another stage and said, you guys got new ammo? And I said, yeah. And he was like, awesome, and gave a thumbs up and then went back to his oh, stage. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Okay. Very true. So, yeah, I mean, they were – they were. I, I've got nothing but good things to say about the ROs, especially the umpire RO. He's, yep. he's my favorite RO. Two alphas. Two alphas. <laughs> Exactly. And I think it speaks, awesome. to the, it speaks to the character of the people that participate in a sport like this, where you're 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 fighting for position and you're you are competing. Like it's at it's at the national level, you are competing against elite shooters, and even then they're just like, hey, let's. I want to help you out because I want to be competing. I want you to be competing at your top game. Um, so yeah. I think that's something to, that we definitely need to you know applaud that people are like, hey, I'm we're here to help. Let's get let's get it so you can keep shooting. That's right. That's yep. right, and that's that's a very good point uh, because even like I said, Daro, uh, Dan Bernard, uh, that he'd been in situations somewhat similar, and uh, his gun broke, and the person he was competing against that he was going up against, he was like, that guy could have just took you know took off and said, "Sorry about your bad luck." He said, "No," he goes. 
here's my gun, you use my gun, and we're still going to continue on. So hats off to the staff also. I mean, like you all said, hats off to the staff. I, I can't thank them enough for what they have done for us. And uh, I'm enjoying it now. I'm, like, like Dave said, I hit the reset button. I'm going out there, and I'm just working my, working my strategy and game or at my level. Well, and, and I will say to speak to that, uh, Dave and I were talking when we hung around uh, to watch, well, actually afterwards, but we were talking about this just speaks to how well and how much you have improved over the time that, you know, you and I are so neck and neck for our position. And that's <laughs> the fact that you had zeroed out basically an entire um, stage. Yeah. So, that is either a big compliment to you or a big F you to my abilities as a shooter. So, <laughs> or it's both. You know, it could just be that I'm garbage. Um, <laughs> I like it. It's also the case. Well, and, and I think the case can be made here um, that you've got one guy who, for the last few months, has been practicing regularly. And you've yep. got one guy who, due to life circumstances has not been able to practice. So you've got one guy progressing and one guy regressing. Right. Uh, to be clear to everybody, I am the regressor. It's a perishable skill. Yes, it is. And I, I will have to say that, you know, dry, going down in my basement, dry firing, um, I uh, got those vinyl stickers that you can put up on your wall. And uh, they help tremendously, tremendously, uh, where you can just practice. And I, I have to say that I really didn't think my game had stepped up that much. Um, I just know that I'm trying to trying to improve, and apparently it's showing. So, so you're saying Leo uh, just sucks? I mean, without directly saying it, is it's it's hurtful, um, <laughs> truthful. <laughs> But as the saying goes, the truth hurts, even though it sets you free. Yeah, you know, it's, like, it's like the 2016. Yeah. You know? Okay. But anyway. But All right. yeah, I actually, I'm actually, I will have to say this, uh, Dave. When you uh, showed me the stats and everything like that, I will have to say when I saw. How you said that Leo and I were neck and neck. It, it actually kind of, it, it actually perked me up. I wouldn't say kind of, it actually perked me up. So I was like, wow. Because I remember when I first started, Leo had the biggest jump and was so far ahead of me. And I was like, holy cow. How can I ever, ever get even close to Leo just to, so I can just be there? And to see that at this level now, I'm kind of like, it's almost like, you know, being an Oakland Raiders fan, you know, knowing that you won three games and you feel like you just won the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make me the Oakland? Warms your cockles. I want to make it very clear. Uh, benchmarks are very relative, and you should not use me as a benchmark for success. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you just look at my scores on practice score and you'll be like, that guy, really? Okay. But, but just so everybody, just so everybody knows, it's it's a, a, a friendly, you know, friendly thing uh, that we have for each other. I think and, you know. see the tears, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, and getting getting back on track here, um, I think. It was a good thing yesterday we walked all of the stages to at least have a generic plan because had we not done that, had we done like the the other guy on our squad, Tom, did, which was right. only look at the stages we were supposed to shoot today, he went into the stages blind. we actually shot blind. Yep. You know, He had no game plan going in where... At least we already had somewhat of a game plan, so it made our walkthrough much easier uh, and yeah. our preparation much easier. So at least we didn't have that working against us as well. Yeah, it didn't turn into a soup sandwich that it could have been. 
Correct. We not at least done that. Right. Yeah. Uh, also, speaking of blind, <laughs> that sun this morning was blinding. Oh my god! I have never sat there and shot into the sun before. I will recommend that if anybody ever shoots nationals, definitely take some sunglasses. Yeah, I mean, Logan Saunders happened to mention that yesterday that, oh, you're going to be starting on that side where the sun comes up, and holy cow, he wasn't kidding. I didn't think it would be that much of a factor, but it was definitely more of a factor than I expected. Yeah, yeah. So if anybody ever decides to, Suggestion, get a pair of sunglasses, dark sunglasses, if you're going to be shooting in the morning uh, down here at Nashville. Or light sunglasses, which would just be safety glasses. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> and if, you could, if, if, if everybody could see our my expression right now, <laughs> they would be laughing. What? All right. So... Stages. Let's talk about them. So we shot stages 8 through 15. Yep. Uh, yeah, we, we, shot, we shot 8 stages. And the first two bays we went to, if I remember correctly, they both had two stages on them, didn't they? Yeah, it was 11 and 12, and then 13, 14 is where we started. Okay. And I'm looking at them right now. Because it was the one that would have been deja vu, um, but instead it was not. Well, as the RO called it, deja vu. Yes. <laughs> the RO who shall remain nameless. Correct. Um, and I, that, our third stage, which was stage 13, that is the one that I zeroed. And Chris, if I remember, oh, did we? That was the first one. Yeah. So actually, we shot ten, eleven, and then twelve, thirteen. Oh yeah, yeah. Good call. Yeah. yeah so so Chris zeroed the very first stage, which was stage ten, and then I zeroed our third stage, which was actually a reshoot. Right. Yeah. Let's talk about because I was about to say let's talk about how he ended up it ended up being a reshoot and then you know our challenging ammunition situation. Yeah. So that third stage, the deja vu, um, it, they call it that because it looks exactly like another stage. The only thing they did was they changed out the middle. The middle section of the stage is paper on another stage, and they made it steel four steel poppers on this one. And so what happened was, started off, there's two targets on the left, four steel in the middle, two targets on the right, and it's a very quick stage. We'll say 10 seconds max. Mm -hmm. And I shot the two on the left, came across to the right, had my gun up ready to go, saw the popper, pulled the trigger, shot my steel, moved over to the end, and shot the final two targets. And the RO, I see him after I, you know, cleared and holstered. He's pointing at the corner of the wall, which had a bullet hole in it. And he said, okay, we have a a prop malfunction. I put a bullet through a one-by-one that went clean through and dropped a piece of steel. So that caused a reshoot. And that it was during the reshoot, I shot the first two targets on the left, came over to do to shoot the uh, poppers when I had the ammunition issue and had to stop. I, I stopped myself. I said, um, I'm done. I stopped. And they stopped the timer and all that. And sure enough, I had a projectile in my barrel. Now, right. there, no primer had fired. Um, something had happened. I don't, I'd don't. i have to go back and look at the video to cause me to rack my slide at that point. And I knew because I got powder on me, immediately I knew what was going on 
So right. I stopped myself and ended up getting failure to shoot at, mics. Um, so I ended up with a total of 30 points, but with all the penalties and everything else, it ended up being 0. 0.0000 for a hit factor. Yep. That does not help your standing whatsoever. Truth. And at that point, it was on that, it was in that bay that the ROs had brought it to the attention to someone else on the staff. And that is when the ball was set in motion uh, for us to eventually purchase factory ammo here at Universal Shooting Academy um, so we could continue shooting. Now, was that at was that a vendor or was that at the pro shop? Huggy? That, uh, I purchased that at the pro shop. Okay. So that wasn't like federal who was who's there as a vendor or anything like that? No. No. The no. box actually says Universal Shooting Academy match ammunition. Okay. Um, so actually, the, and that guy that Huggy was talking about actually drove him in the golf cart all the way up to the pro shop, purchased the ammo, and then drove him back. Right, because we were, what, I mean, just over halfway down or right at halfway down yeah. the, the base. Yeah, we were so like half, walk. yeah, we were right in the middle yeah. of the range, and that's a pretty yeah. good walk. Yes, with a thousand rounds. <laughs> right. So we were able to, at that point, continue on. Um, and things things weren't bad after that. I mean, I, I you know we didn't we all did fairly well from that point forward. Looking at the statistics from there on, I'd say we did fairly well. So yeah, yeah. You know, based I mean, on our on our level, you know, we don't have yeah. we don't have the times of the super squads, but. That's all right. For us, we did we did well. <laughs> right. Um, and yep. then, uh, you know, just seeing the comparisons that you had written out and sent to us. Um, yeah, I mean, especially in particular, like I said, and we talked about earlier, um, with Huggy's progression and, uh, you know, my regression, or at the very least stagnation, um, it's good to see that, you know, like, it's, it's funny because I think we're at, were were it not a friend or not somebody I cared about, I'd be like, man, like this is a guy. Like I'm, I'm very happy that Huggy has improved so much. Um, I'm, it's great to see that you know people that I, I shoot with are, are are getting better and are moving forward in in the discipline and in the sport. Um, you know, it, it, it's one of those things that hey, okay, I need to somehow find some time to to train more or, you know, at the least dry fire more or, or what have you. Um, and again, and we talk about it and we've talked about it in the, you know, the initial episode that life is life and things happen and there are going to be times when it happens to elite level shooters that, you know, they just have a bad season or whatever. And, you know, they just got to come after it a little bit more next time. But, you know, as the season dwindles down, hopefully I'll be able to get some off season training and, find some time to get better, but it's great to see that, you know, my friends are kicking butt and moving forward despite, despite technical difficulties. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. all we could do, you know, and at our level, there's yeah. really, there's really no reason to get down when, you know, we're, we're here to shoot, have fun. And, and really it's all about the experience. Yep. So, yeah. Tomorrow we get to start on the um, the marathon stage, stage nineteen. Lucky us. Start yeah. at one o'clock in the heat of the yeah. day, about ninety degrees, and what well, we have a four hundred foot shot followed by a seventy five foot run. I mean a seventy five yeah, yard run, uh, and a whole bunch of bullets being sprayed around in dangerous directions. Yeah, the the one eighty on that one is going to be tested. Yeah, for uh, sure. I am I I am so happy that I have the privilege of being the first person <laughs> to shoot that in our squad. Um, Me too. Because alphabets yeah. being what they are, 
um, I get to, you know, and because we got move zones and yada, 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 I now get to be the first person in our squad to shoot that at a time of day where someone of my girth um, is not going to do well <laughs> with heat and humidity. Um, but it'll be fine. It's going to be fun. Uh, like we talked about yesterday, that might just be one I draw and shoot in the general vicinity of that target <laughs> and then just keep going. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I will say this, though. Thank goodness we are not going to be that squad that ends up on their last after spending three hours yeah. in the Florida sun and humidity and then shoot that one last. Yeah, yeah. At least Agreed. we'll be fresh. Yeah. For, yeah, yeah. We, not buy, we might not be fresh after that stage, but we'll be fresh for that stage. Right. That, that will not last. That duration of the freshness will be very short-lived. But I, I'm, look, I'm actually, honestly, I am looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to set kind of the tone for the remainder of the day. Unfortunately for me, and, and I have just found this anecdotally through my experience of shooting locals and the, the few majors I have shot, my first stage generally is just abysmal. I don't even want to call it a mulligan. It's just a throwaway. Like I doesn't matter. I leave points out there because my first stage, I'm just, I'm nervous. I don't do well. You know, I got the rumblies in the tumblies and uh, I just hope, I hope to survive it and not get DQ'd. And then I'm like, all right, cool. Let's move on. Um, this is a lot of points though. So the neck and neck might be very quickly surpassed by Huggy being like, oh, we were neck and neck. And now you're looking at the, my rear end as he passes me in the standings, which well, will be awesome. Well, and, um, and this is where yeah. I feel we all need to be taking advantage of the unique situation of there being a warm-up bay here, especially right. since we are starting right beside the warm-up yeah. bay. Yeah, we should be going in there, yeah. warming up, you know, throwing rounds down range before we actually start shooting. So that first stage isn't a throwaway stage, you, you know. Right. And we're going to see if that, stri that strategy, that is a bold strategy, Cotton. And uh, yeah. we'll see if <laughs> Yeah. I was, waiting, I was waiting for that one. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, used, I took advantage of it this morning, and I, and I feel like it does make a difference. I, I would agree, given my performance this morning compared to yours. So if we're basing it solely on that, um, yep. So, I think the socks probably help, too. <laughs> the socks. Definitely the socks. For those uh, of you that don't know, um, Dave is a true American and wears American tube socks everywhere he goes and looks like <laughs> Captain America. Whereas I right. came home looking like... Uh, I don't even know. Just a very dirty person. Looks like you had half the range on your lower extremities. You should have seen me when I took a shower. The, the, I had to actually rinse out the bottom of the tub because there was just silty sand from the range everywhere. So, mm. lesson to, to those of you who ever decide to come shoot at Frostproof, bring you some knee-high socks so that you don't get covered in filth. Now, I, I that brings up a point. When I was here um, for the Florida Open... I made it like three stages before I started having issues with my magazines and the sand. Yep. I remember I, you talking about it. I shot all of those stages today, eight of them, and never had a single issue with any of my magazines and sand. I have well, no idea why. Because, well, I don't know if you recall us having this very, very brief conversation in the morning about how. Well, a, it was going to rain, but B, it had rained, and it just seemed like, you remember when I was like, oh, this stuff's sticking to the treads in our shoes. It's kind of nice, though, because it's not as dry and, like, it's it's more compact, so it just seemed, because it had rained and and uh, the stages we were in were a little bit more grown, overgrown with grass, that uh, we, it seemed like we didn't have that issue uh, this go-around. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to look tomorrow, given that the first stage we're in is in the gravel and of, sand yeah sand. so that'll be fun to deal with yeah for sure 
So okay. I'll be using all my magazines on that one. <laughs> How many do you have? Uh, like five. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. That's not that bad. I brought eight, and I plan oh. on keeping because I, I can carry six on my belt, and I plan on having two in my back pocket. Uh, well, just I have five on my belt, so just do not pull one from your pocket during the course of shooting, or you will be the next bump to open. Right. Well, okay, okay. that is fair. I did ask. Just as I was just like, oh, what if I have it in my back pocket and then I take it out of my back pocket, put it in my belt, and then pull it out of my belt? And he was like. Um, I'm like, you know, I forget. It's fine. Maybe we'll. I'll figure this out later. If you put it in your mag pouch first, you're okay. If yeah. You, if you put it anywhere else and pull it out, it's a bump to open. Just like the mm. woman got bumped to open today for shooting 12 rounds with a production gun. Yeah, that was. Explain, explain that one. So I, that, I, I I thought it was just going to be a procedural. Apparently, this one of the women on our stage was shooting. First match in her entire life, she goes to nationals, and she shoots. You're limited to ten rounds in your magazine. If it's a loaded start, then you can have one round in the chamber and ten in your mags. And she fired twelve rounds with the magazine, and what I thought was just going to be a procedural ended right. up being an automatic bump to open division, which means she's competing against. All the people with race guns now instead of production people. Well, and it was, I don't know if you overheard the conversation she had with one of the ROs a stage or two later where she was like, oh, and and again, like to her credit, good for her for getting out there. I think it's great. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would have chosen nationals to do that. Um, I definitely don't know if I would have chosen nationals and then not read the rule book or bylaws or understand the class that you're shoot or the the division that you're shooting in but she's like oh i figured you know it's production so however many magazines came or however many rounds the magazine had when it came from the factory is what you could load yeah and she um, she i also overheard another conversation she had it was while we were pasting targets she had no idea she went up to the ro and she goes you can fire more than two rounds on a target and they were like yeah she had no idea. She thought it was just two and that was it. Right. Right. So she figured it was Virginia Count versus Comstock and didn't know the difference anyways. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. She had no idea. And that's that's the unfortunate thing. I'm not sure if she's been to even in the local matches. No. Prior to this. No. Numero uno match. First ever in her life right here. Yep. I mean, right again. Like like Leo said, good for her for getting out here and doing this. Yeah. But I just I kind of feel for her a little bit. Like she's having to learn as she goes. Yeah, that's OTJ right. on the job training. Yeah, it is. OJT. That yep, that one too. <laughs> that one. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I forgot. Uh, doesn't count as a T. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's that's unfortunate that uh, that this is her very first match or, or, you know, event. Uh, I would think that whoever maybe said, hey, you might want to try this, should have said, hey, you might want to try this at a local event to kind of get an understanding of it first, then maybe go here. Um, Or if somebody even mentioned that to her about like, hey, you should go here. They should be there to help coach her along. I will honestly tell you that if it if it hadn't been for like Leo and you all and you, Dave, that you know coaching me in the beginning, I would have never known all this stuff either. You know, but um, it's just unfortunate that she has just you know walked in and, and did not understand anything. You know, so I would have probably said, hey, if this is going to be my first match, I don't know if I even would have. Uh, register. I'd have probably gone there to watch and learn, and then maybe next year, you know, go to a national event or go to lo- more local events because then I would have a better understanding of what's going on. Yeah, I mean, well, but I do. 
Yeah, sorry, Dave. Go ahead. I was just going to say there there are a lot of nuances to this sport, and it's hard to, and you know, it takes a lot of time in this sport to learn all of the nuances. So, well, and a couple things that I know that you and I have talked about, um, like in the past, I, I, when I first got into the sport, I remember having the conversation of you know, first you're just learning how to not hurt or kill yourself or somebody else. So it's the don't break the 180, make sure your gun's pointed and safe right when you're moving, get your finger off the trigger, like that stuff. Then there's the, okay, I'm going to, the, the, the second phase is I'm going to work on the fundamentals and trying to make sure I'm making good hits. And then the third phase is like, I'm going to start learning gamesmanship and strategy. And then the fourth phase is like with you, Dave, because you've been to so many nationals or so many major events. Like you come back and you're like, hey, this is what a no shoot, uh, no penalty mic is um, and all that other stuff. Like you said, the nuance. But we've been very fortunate that, you know, we we assume or I shouldn't say we assume, but kind of the assumption for her is that she had somebody say, hey, go and do this. And like I had, you know, my like before I started shooting with, with you, Huggy and you, Dave. I had like Lynn and Randy at Shadowhawk that could walk me through it and mm-hmm. I could shoot with them. And then the people that I met there and then, you know, we through work discovered that we have a passion for the similar sport. Um, and we have each other, not even necessarily to be mentors, but to help each other out, coach each other. We've met enough people that have taught us things like for her, she might've just been like, Hey, I think this is cool. And enrolled in and was like, all right. And she doesn't have a mentor. She doesn't have a coach. She doesn't have somebody that is like, hey, let me walk you through those nuances. So, like, I hope she finds that because I think it's great to see somebody new be really excited. And even when she got bumped to open, she was like, whatever, I don't care. I'm just going to shoot. Yeah. Like, it didn't bum her out. It's just like, okay, let's yeah. shoot. And right. now I hope she sees it. If she finds the right people to not surround herself with, but to, to help her progress – she could have a lot more fun because it's a lot more fun when you're successful and when you're learning and when you're getting better. So I hope that she finds that because she seems like a real nice young lady. And, you know, it's always great to see women getting out there in the sport and participating and empowering themselves. Feminism. Woo. All that jazz. How, how excited is she going to be when she finds out local matches don't cost as much as nationals? Oh, show. <laughs> <laughs> what a, that's a steal right right thirty dollars sign like, me up right when is that are we gonna shoot tomorrow why isn't there water at my stage <laughs> garbage oh that's yeah. hilarious i i, I agree with you Leo. i i you know i had to give her credit because the fact that she did have a good attitude she uh you know Instead of getting pissed off and angry like I did today, she had a very good <laughs> attitude, and she was like, "Oh well, let's keep going." And you know, uh, and gutsy I, I think with yeah, yeah. So, so you know, she she was getting you know information from our squad because she's in our squad. Um, so she, people are helping her along in the squad to saying, "Hey, you might want to look at this. Try it this way." And, and everything like that. So it's helping her out. Um, but like you said, it's just unfortunate that she dropped all this money on something on the event this big, you know, instead of a local match where 30 bucks, you know, she could be like, oh, okay, this is not going to, you know, doesn't cost that much, but yet I can learn all this information prior to going to this level. I, I think, you know, with some practice and some time, or we know we're going to turn around that, that young lady is going to be, you know, one of the, one of the, or maybe a top shooter, you know, so. And, you know, I want to, while I'm thinking about it, you were talking about how people in the squad were helping her. When Leo and I hung around after we shot and the super squad, both of them were shooting, um, I, I thought it was very interesting that here are these guys at the top of the game, so these guys are literally, without Ben Steger being here, you knew that somebody in production is going to be the new national champion. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought it very interesting. I was I was paying 
close attention to them and they were all talking to each other and talking yeah. about different things you could tell they weren't being quiet and keeping to themselves um they were talking about oh what can you see from here what can you see from there i found it very interesting that they were actually sharing information on the stage well and it's funny because i i yes absolutely but it, it's just such an oddity to me to see people that are such elite competitors not care that i shouldn't say not care because that's not the right thing to say um but yeah that that they are so like they want they're they want to compete on an even playing field like they want to beat you at your best right so and, and and a lot of them they see each other all the time you know people that were in previous you know like army marksmanship team that are now professional shooters so they, they've been on a team together and, and whatnot and they're still and even though they're competing as far as their sponsors like they're still like the fact that you can have a, like friendships in in a in a sport like this that doesn't get in that doesn't allow you to get in the way of like still competing like as that's fascinating to me you don't see that in a lot of in a lot of uh sports yeah i just think it's really cool man yeah it is pretty cool and i thought it was interesting too i mean you had you had nils you had jj um you had mason lane all shooting product production and then you had other guys there you had two guys one from the army marksmanship unit and one from the marine corps team yep. so i i loved how you had that mix and that variety on that um super squad and when they all shot because we watched the entire squad shoot they were all within just a couple of seconds of time so you know it came down to who had the better hits because the time was pretty darn close. Yeah. And we, and I remember talking about that while we were there, it's like, whew, like sub 20 second runs on that stage. Yeah. You're like, Oh my gosh, let's listen to see how many alphas and how many Charlies and how many deltas and how many mics. Cause that's, I mean, like you said, that's what it came down to was the time, like all things being equal at that point. Now it's the shooting that is what's going to get you and the precision. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was amazing to watch. And, and for those listening, this was stage two, which is, I believe a 26 round stage, but it basically most people were shooting five paper targets yep, from the middle, from where they drew their gun. Then they ran to the left edge, which is probably, uh, seven or eight yards. Yep to shoot four targets and then probably a good 20 yard straight line across to the far side to shoot another four targets. And they were doing it sub 20 seconds. So like 19 and change. Moving. And, and we, there was one guy who ran it in 22 something and Leo and I looked at each other like, oops, that's not gonna that's go okay. very well. Yep. Yeah. He looks mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah. it was, uh, they were blazing. And the production guys had the, I mean, just from what we saw, I haven't looked on practice score, but it seemed like they had the same time as the guy, as the carry optic super squad. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow. That was, um, the, I think though the benefit there was with those three shooting positions, they were basically just reloading while moving. And I think that, is what benefited them. I don't know that there was really any advantage of having more rounds in your magazine because it seemed like everybody in carry optics was having to reload on that long stretch just like production was. So, and when you have a seven yard or eight yard run yeah, you from one position to another, you have time to reload and it doesn't affect yeah, you're already else. set. Time to yeah. Get there, yeah. Well, and, and somewhat of a segue, I think it was really interesting because we all had our geek out fanboy moments today. <laughs> uh, so for those of you that, that don't know, um, Huggy and Dave, much more so than myself, are, are students of the sport. 
and nerd out and they're they're numerical guys anyways so they they nerd out on statistics and this guy's here and this guy's there and whatever um so they had their canic not a sponsor uh moments with their, <laughs> their favorite shooters and you know we met some other guys with podcasts and we shook hands and and all that jazz and then i had my fanboy moment where i i told dave i said if i start crying grab my arm and just pull me away because <laughs> i'm about to go have a conversation with a dude that is the reason i started shooting and to me is like that's my mount everest um we're not gonna drop names because i don't want to embarrass myself in front of people but uh yeah I th- it was really cool to have the opportunity at, at our, again at our level to have those you know, nerd moments with people that, and, and still very accessible. They're like, yeah, let's have a chat. Let's talk for a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I, I love I that. Like, I, I love that aspect that these top elite shooters are willing to talk to you just like they've known you almost, you know, that, that even though you're not on their level, they're just like, hey, how are you? You know, and they'll talk to you and you have questions, they might even answer your question. So I have to say that's one thing I love about this sport is that these elite shooters will help out a novice person. Or if you just even wanted to say hi and say, you know, shake the hand, they're not going to look at you as some, like some type of celebrity that you see that's in Hollywood and go like, please get away, you know? So... I, I, my hat goes off to those elite shooters that, that, you know, take that time to, you know, talk to people that are not at their level, but yet willing to give advice or just to say hello. Because a lot of times, just even turning around and saying hello or good luck to you can change a person's day completely because they're just like, oh my God, he actually said hi to me or she said hi. You know, so... You know that's that's just awesome on their that aspect from them. So I, I definitely tip my hat to them for that. Well, and yeah. and you've spent more time around football than I have, but I can remember the last time the Cowboys went to the Super Bowl, I was in mm-hmm. Dallas, and it was right before they played the Green Bay Packers, um, mm-hmm. and I uh, someone in where we were at we were at Shot Show. And I believe it was at our hotel. Yeah, we were in a nice hotel, and the woman was like, the woman at the front desk is like, "Hey, there's this club over by the airport that's owned by several cowboys, former cowboys, and a lot of the players go there and hang out. And mm-hmm. man, they didn't want us. They didn't want to give you the time of day. No, you know. No, but they're, these guys yeah, are completely okay. opposite. Oh, yeah. yeah, they sat and had conversations with us. Um, you know, I very, ugh, I don't even know what to call it. Um, I basically walk up to my shooting idol. And I'm like, hey, good luck. I, you know, this, this, I, I am who I am. Um, you know, you're the reason I got into the sport. Like, I hope you do well. And uh, if you ever deign to listen to a podcast, like we have a podcast, you should listen to it. And then I walked away completely forgot to tell this dude the name of the podcast <laughs> like 100% spaced out on hey this is the title of the podcast you should listen to so I'm really hoping he didn't just you know turn away and not look at the back of my shirt um, but I don't know like that again that it goes to show the humility that, that somebody who is so so at the top of of that sport to be able to just sit there and be like, yep, cool. Is thank, thank you. And he, he says, good luck. And I'm like, all right, cool. Maybe, maybe it'll rub off and I'll actually not shoot like garbage tomorrow. Um, but we'll see. But yeah, still is again, my, the fanboy moments that we got to have today. I thought were really cool. Yeah. It's all about that, the experience. All... Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. Well, it's definitely not about our shooting this, this go around maybe tomorrow. <laughs> Well, I'm telling you right now, I'm actually excited about tomorrow. I really am. I'm uh, looking forward to just, especially even on the, watching Leo on the first stage. I'm, I'm really excited. Yeah, I'll show you guys what not to do. I think it's going to be great. 
<laughs> I feel like we should have a trauma bag though in case he falls because hundred percent it's gonna happen. You you fall in that gravel, that's gonna leave a mark. Uh, I oh, have dude, little, I have my little trauma kit on my on my uh, my belt. belt. All right, well, yeah. so Check we can use belt. your own tourniquet then. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's for me. <laughs> yeah, if Huggy falls, that's you just you're out of luck, bud. Dude, I'm gonna tell you right now. If I fall, y'all gonna feel a tremor. Somebody's gonna be like, "Holy shit!" Has there ever been an earthquake in Florida? Right. I think Florida's about to fall off. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It'll be all right. Um, yeah, yeah. Um. What else we got to talk about? Well, we're at 50 minutes right now, so we should probably start wrapping this thing up. Okay. Well. Um. Final thoughts. Well, I think tomorrow, uh, I, I think final thought for me is I'm looking forward tomorrow knowing tonight the peace of mind being we know for a fact where we're starting. We've walked those stages. Uh, we know the ammo situation is resolved. Yeah. I'm excited for a brand new start on a brand new day. Yeah. So for me, this is going to, not that, Today was a throwaway by any means because there was a lot of there was a lot of good along with the the challenges that we faced. Um, but it's, it's day one because it's this is I think tomorrow is our opportunity to start the day the way we wanted to start it today, and that's what I'm looking forward to. Yep, I uh, I'm ditto on everything that both of you all said. Uh, so I I just look forward to tomorrow. Uh, especially tomorrow afternoon. Don't have to get up so early in the morning. And, uh, <laughs> and actually sleep in just for a minute. And uh, just just to have a good shoot tomorrow. I look forward to it. I'm, I'm excited. Matter of fact, you know what I'm excited about is that a lot of, like you said, these elite shooters are already going to be there because they're shooting in the morning and we're shooting in the afternoon. So it's going to be nice that... I think some of those elite shooters will probably even come over there and maybe even take a look at us and gander it up. Cool. Yeah, sure. Whatever you say. Yeah. So, so I'm going to definitely make sure I put it out there and be like, hey, that's Leo Taylor right there. You guys should go up there and just talk to him. He is so awesome. All right. So what do we not want to be tomorrow, Leo? Don't be a little bitch. All right, everybody. We'll see you on the next episode of the Casual Shooters yeah. Podcast. Thank you.